It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast. We are going to head down to Nashville. This is Gabe DeArmond. I'm in Columbia, but Mitchell Forty in Nashville, where, I don't know, by the time you listen to this, Missouri and Auburn may be about to play, may be playing, may already have played, but uh, Missouri got there by beating Georgia last night. And Mitchell, I don't know, it was Jordan Geist deciding he wanted to spend at least one more night in Nashville, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Pretty much every time Missouri needed a bucket, they just gave it to him, and he just drove into the lane and either pivoted three or four times and scored or drew a foul. It was interesting. Like, uh, I mean, it was, you know, a good game for him, but, like, it never felt like he was, you know, on fire. Or he was, you know, couldn't be stopped. It was just like Georgia just kind of never got in front of him. So it was interesting. Uh, good game for him, certainly. You know, nice to see that from a senior. But, but yeah, it was weird. It never really felt like a dominant performance. Yeah, I think uh, Tom Crean's team needs to, to work on its defense on the dribble drive because Xavier Pinson was in there all night long when he was hel- when he was on the floor too. I mean, Missouri's guards, I, I don't think, often have had a huge advantage, but they had one last night. Yeah, absolutely. And Tom just said that after the game. He was basically like, we, we saw our point guards that had an advantage being able to, to penetrate and get some legs down there. And they started, like, basically, Kevin Perrier said, you know, once they started doing that, Tom just kept calling the same play every single time because they never stopped it. Yeah, hard to argue with. Uh, go with, with what's working. Um other than that, I, I mean, there were, I don't know what the final count was, 704 fouls called, I think? Yeah, a lot. I mean, really, you know, there, there's, there's certainly some things you can point to in that game and say, you know, Missouri does this against a better team and it will not win. But it, it is, you know, worth noting that, that they're able to get a win while overcoming foul trouble, which they haven't been able to do too often this season. Uh, Jeremiah Tillman didn't foul out, but he was, he had, you know, three fouls for basically the whole second half and four fouls for a lot of it. At uh, one point, you know, in the first half, I think Kinson, Geis, Nico all also had at least two fouls. So, you know, that that slowed the game down and that, that gave JJ, you know, some, some opportunities from the free throw line. They shot the ball horribly from the free throw yeah. line. They were like 21 of 36. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, certainly Missouri's, uh, Missouri's backup bigs played better than, than we've seen in the past so I guess you know like, I, I still I still don't think I still think Missouri's got to play a lot better to, to have a chance to beat Auburn but it's nice to see them win a game where where those guys Mitchell Smith and Reed Nico play meaningful minutes and then come through yeah I've uh, derisively called Wednesday night at the SEC tournament the most depressing night in sports on TV they were going on and on about how great the crowd was was that just like a lie by the SEC network or was it actually a pretty good crowd uh, I mean, you know, I've never, I hadn't been to an SEC tournament game before. I've been to several NCAA tournament games before, and I can tell you that those crowds are significantly better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't horrible. I mean, like, the, the lower bowl of the arena was full. You know, th- there was some noise being made. The best part, definitely, I really made up for the entire rest of the, the crowd was the man sitting in the front row in the shirt that says, Will Wade only makes strong A dollar sign, dollar sign offers. Uh, Not bad. That was that was incredible. So I, I think that guy needs to start like like open up a cart and start selling those shirts on Friday in front of the arena. He'd make a killing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to Missouri and Auburn in a little bit. But I, I mean, Will Wade comes out with the statement this morning. Is is that kind of the talk of of people down there? Is LSU and what's going on with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, not probably a ton of uh, the national media and, and people who are covering LSU are here yet, but still, like yesterday there was a lot of talk. There was talk about you know Auburn and that assistant coach who's uh, who's suspended for the for the tournament from the this newest FBI investigation, and then certainly yeah, but you know LSU is is kind of the the main subject of intrigue. I mean, it's it's a pretty unique situation to have a team that's, you know, kind of in the midst of this run that hasn't made in a really long time and already be in trouble for it. So. Yeah, and I mean, Greg Sankey and anybody with the SEC down there has to just be, they have to root for anybody that plays LSU this week. Yeah, absolutely, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, that, that, would, just be, that would be incredibly awkward to uh, to have – have him presenting, you know, some sort of trophy or whatever it is to the winner and have the fans be in there chanting free will wait or whatever. It, right. Like I can just see Sankey giving the trophy to LSU and then saying, Hey, hey can I just get that back? Like yeah. he had it for a couple <laughs> minutes, but that's about yeah. all. Um, other than that, I mean, the first game today is what Florida, Arkansas, I think probably tipping yep. off here in a little bit. And yep. I don't know if you're over at the arena yet, but like, Florida's got to win this game. Like they lose, I think they're done. Yeah, I actually I was talking to a, a guy who covers Florida last night, and he well, he was I won't name him because he was actively rooting for Florida to lose so their <laughs> season would be over. But uh, but yeah, I think that this this certainly you know I don't know if it's an elimination game for Arkansas. I think they're already probably on the wrong side of the bubble. Although I really don't pay that close attention, but but certainly Florida needs to get a win. Arkansas is interesting because you wonder, you know, you start to wonder if this is, could be the last game or the last week for Mike Anderson. Uh, I'm not really going to speculate there because, again, I haven't paid too much attention uh, outside of Mizzou. But, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not over at the arena yet. I'll get over there in time to catch some of that game before Mizzou tips off. But there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of bubble interest this week here in Nashville. A couple other coaches might be done that I, I, I assume you were writing, but at least kind of tangentially – in the arena during A&M Vanderbilt. Like, it wasn't a good game, but the Houston Chronicles already said Billy Kennedy's going to be gone, and uh, there was a commentary in the Tennessean today that said, well, wait, or uh, Bryce Drew's not going to be gone, but he should be gone because he's not any good. Uh, Yeah. You know, I don't think either of those teams probably had a huge following there last – well, Vandy might have because they're in town, but kind of – I I think those are the two coaches that maybe won't be at this tournament again. Yeah, so like you said, Billy Kennedy definitely won't be. Bryce Drew was as I, I as I was writing, could just kind of hear the, the post game press conference because it's, it's kind of like you know on microphone and, and speakers back in the media area, and uh, he was asked, you know, do you think you'll have a job next year? And if you do, what would you say that that could be better? And like. I don't know. I mean, like, Bryce Drew's a pretty good interview. You've talked to him before, but like, I his answer wasn't like the most compelling. I mean, certainly, like, you know, he, he didn't say anything, dumb, but he was just kind of like, oh, "Well, um, we'll see." That's not something yeah. I've been thinking about to this point. But uh, as for what's better, I think we could shoot a better percentage from the floor. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, and that's not going to fix going zero and sixteen at the lake or whatever zero and eighteen. Like, you you have to do more than shoot a higher percentage. Well, and I get why people ask that question. Like, I've asked that question before, but. It's a yeah. stupid question because there you never get a worthwhile yeah. answer. You just have to of say course. you asked it. Uh, yeah. I did enjoy on the the break between the Mizzou game and the Vandy game last night. I don't know who it was, but whoever was on the SEC network had a pregame interview with Bryce Drew and said, you know, obviously you didn't have the success you probably would have liked to have in the SEC. <laughs> I mean, 
Like, they literally had no success. So I yeah. would assume that, yes, it's safe to think they would like to have had more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess the vibe seems like he, he probably will be back next season. I, I yeah. can't say I've you know, followed incredibly closely, but right. we'll see. So, okay, you, you said it earlier, and, like, we've said it all week. I legitimately think Missouri would have a better shot if it was playing Kentucky today than it probably does against Auburn because if Auburn plays decently, like, it's just a nightmare matchup for Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Auburn leads the nation in enforcing turnovers and is, like, third in the nation in steals, and we obviously know that's Missouri's big Achilles heel. They turn the ball yes. over a lot. Um, and, and as we saw, you know, in wherever, yeah, in Auburn, um, like the, the, when those guards get, get going, if they get heated up, I mean, it is over. They can get shoot you on the team. And so, you know, Missouri is the type of team that, that wants to slow the game down and not let it get super high scoring and Auburn's pretty much the exact opposite. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think pretty much the only hope for Missouri is that, you know, Auburn comes into an arena and hasn't played in before and shoots like 11% from three. Yeah. Um, which is not possible. Like crazy things have happened in March. But, and so doesn't like, make I, up I think, for it by getting 27 turnovers and turning those into 40 points. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I think Missouri could even, you know, play like the first 35 minutes really well and have it close. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Auburn gets like three straight turnovers or hits like back-to-back -back threes and it's suddenly over because, you know, Mizzou, I don't think, has the scoring to, to overcome that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough matchup. I, I think, you know, realistically, you're not going into this one hoping Missouri wins. It's just kind of, you know, see what happens if they got to win last night, whatever. But but realistically, this is, yeah, it's a bad matchup. I, I would say the hope is have a shot with eight minutes left. Like, find a way yeah. to keep it close for 32 minutes, and then at that under eight timeout, hey, if you're within a couple buckets, you never know. The, the favorites get tight this time of year. I mean, Auburn isn't really playing for anything. They're in the NCAA tournament, but – yeah. I think they've actually got a decent chance to win this tournament. Yeah, I mean, they're they're an interesting team. They, they had some stretches this year where they were just terrible, but they've been playing really well lately. I think they've won three or four in a row. They just beat Tennessee. Um, and, yeah, I mean, with, with their style of play, like certainly if they get hot on the right week, they're not – I mean, they could beat anyone in the country. So, uh, But at, by the same token, they they can lose to almost anyone. So we'll, we'll see. I, I – you know, I – Definitely expect uh, expect them to beat Missouri today. I don't. I think if they if they won that, who would they play? Uh, uh, South Carolina. Yeah, that's that's another good matchup for them. So I don't know. Yeah, they, their their path certainly to the to the semifinals at least is uh, is pretty decent. So as far as Missouri goes, uh, Javon Pickett. I know Conzo said he was rusty last night. Was it more than that? Like, do you think he plays today? Or I don't know. I mean, I I kind of started looking. Uh, you know, late in the first half, early in the second half, to see if there were like signs of a limp or anything. I didn't, I could, didn't notice it. Um, you know, I never really, I guess I didn't really ever see him like really explode off the floor or sky for a rebound or anything like that. But I don't know. I, I would guess he's not 100%. I mean, you know, he just missed a game on Saturday. Backs typically don't heal in two or three days. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing he's not, but he, he really struggled last night. I mean, he had two really bad turnovers in the first half. Um, and he, he obviously didn't score. He shot over far from the field. I would I would not be surprised if, if you know he all he does is kind of play and they they just don't have a ton of bodies. I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of plays in a reserve role, like comes in every few minutes when Torrance Watson or Xavier Pinson or someone needs to blow. Um, yeah. 
But, yeah, I, I don't know. I I would be surprised if he plays more than 15 minutes today, probably. And this is neither here nor there, but, like, Ronnie Suggs left his uniform in Columbia? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, was... just, the, just the home uniform, or he just didn't have any clothes to wear? We'll find we'll find out today. I actually should have asked. I forgot. Kind of forgot by the by the time the game ended. But yeah, I, I, we'll we'll find out today because they'll be the road to you. But yeah, all of a sudden he was wearing number twenty one with no name on his jersey. That was interesting. I kind of I kind of hope he just switches to twenty one now because like once you know once three's been hung up, no one's supposed to wear it again. So right. I mean, kudos to the guy that brought twenty one because otherwise yeah. Ronnie's sitting on the bench and dude, they needed some guys last night. <laughs> he was taking Parker Brown's jersey. <laughs> that was hanging out with the floor. There was a game I I can't remember i think it was at colorado i'm not sure but leo lyons was on the bench yeah i think he was a freshman and and quinn told him to go in the game and he basically had to tell quinn yeah i just got my warm-ups on coach i forgot my <laughs> uniform so he didn't play that day. <laughs> that's, that's excellent yeah uh so what's the uh what's it like around town down there i mean i assume the kentucky fans probably mostly aren't coming in till today and and that's kind of the same probably with Tennessee, and those are the fans that are going to take up probably 80% of this thing? Yeah, I mean, there's some fans. Well, actually, I think I still think Kentucky fans made up about half the crowd last night. Yeah. I don't know why they were there, but they still did. There was a lot of blue if in If the there area. is basketball being played, man, they go. It doesn't Absolutely. really matter who it is. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's some people, you know, wandering around the stadium, but yeah, not yet. I, it, it hasn't really felt like, you know, there's a big event in town yet. Um Aside from trying to park near the arena, which is the hardest thing to ever do because it's right on Broadway and there's right. you know always stuff going on there, but but yeah, no, I, I assume as as we get to you know Kentucky and Tennessee playing, those are going to be the two big fan bases that show up, and those two teams could play each other in the in the semifinals, so that that would be a fun game. I don't probably plan on still being here <laughs> for it, but uh, but yeah, I assume people can continue to try to trickle in today most important thing you you tired of hot chicken yet or would you be good for sticking around another day i could probably go for some more i love hot chicken i i had i had a hot chicken sandwich at a place that's not necessarily known for it it was fine uh the first was it like hardy's or kfc no 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 no, it was not um but then yesterday i got hattie b's it was phenomenal i got a half bird uh, it was it was really good. Although around the second half of the basketball game, it was just kind of it, it was starting to it was it, there was some indigestion. Yeah, uh, it, there was some yeah. discomfort. I mean, but it, it was worth it. I would go back. I think just because I don't get it as often, hot chicken is like in my top five favorite foods. Oh, absolutely! Like, but it's definitely it, like if you like actually have to be somewhere yeah. and, and do something, it's kind of taking your life into your own hands there. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of grease involved. <laughs> I'd be impressed if you managed to eat hot chicken and it, you didn't have to take a change of clothes, though. So. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, people listening to the podcast probably don't know I'm, I'm not the most clean eater, but I did. Uh, I didn't spill any any hot chicken on myself. So well, it's really it's not horribly messy because you know it's like a dry rub. So. That's an that's impressive, man. I mean, you're uh, you're keeping your food off your shirt, and Missouri's winning basketball games, and everything's going well. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll let you get over to the arena and uh, see what happens later today. Yep, sounds good. I'll have some stories. There'll be award winners, I'm sure. Yep. All right. Have a good one. Mitchell Forty down in Nashville for us, uh, heading over to Bridgestone Arena soon. Again, we're taping this, you know, it's about noon on uh, 
Thursday afternoon, and then Missouri, I guess Arkansas and Florida are tipping off here in the next half hour, and then Missouri and Auburn will follow that. So by about 20 minutes. So it's slated for 2.30, could be a little before, could be a little bit after. I think the games are still on SEC Network. I don't know. They may have moved over to an ESPN channel uh, today, but I think that doesn't happen until the semifinals. Anyway, Missouri and Auburn, and we'll see what happens after that. Um, again, it's a terrible matchup for Missouri, but, you know, they've they've hung with, with better teams than Auburn, so it's not out of the question that Missouri could win this game. I think it's very unlikely, but but it's not impossible if they do that. Hey, South Carolina, they've already beaten South Carolina once, and and you're playing. You beat Auburn today. Well, really, uh, today, right now, Missouri's playing with house money. But if they could find a way to beat Auburn, they're at 500 for the season. Then, if if they manage to win tomorrow, you know, then I think you're getting into real territory where maybe you have a shot at the NIT. I think they have to do that. I. If they finish 16 and 17, I, I just don't think the resume is strong enough that the NIT is going to take them. But that's something that that would be something for Missouri to point to in this year with all these injuries and down year and all that. They managed to fight in the into the NIT. Now, I have said I am not a fan of playing in the CBI. I don't think you get anything out of playing Ryder or New Hampshire or whoever it would be. A, a high major team has not played in that since 2015, I think. Missouri would be better served by getting the coaches on the road, recruiting and the players in the weight room and all that uh, than they would practicing for those games. Um, But we'll see where it goes. Again, we may have a couple hours left in the season. Who knows? We may have a little bit longer than that. But uh, Mitchell will have all the coverage from Nashville tonight. All right, we're going to keep up the Nashville theme. And uh, Tennessee native, former Mizzou wide receiver Emmanuel Hall joins us, hoping to have a – Big day in his uh, hometown here in about six weeks because the NFL draft is in in Nashville. So, Emmanuel, have you gotten used to that yet, former Missouri wide receiver? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, I remember the first time I stepped on campus. It seems like it was just yesterday. And then, you know, me and, you know, my, my whole class, me, Drew, a couple other guys, you know, are all leaving. So, it, it's all just a uh, – it's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What what have you been? Where have you been training? Kind of just tell everybody the the last few weeks since you left. Uh, you know, since the bowl game, kind of what you've been doing. Obviously, leading up to to the combine. Yeah, so um, I actually I've, I've been training in Dallas, Texas, at a place called uh, Michael Johnson Facility. Um, it, it, it went real well. You know, when I first got there because of the season, you know, I really hurt a lot of my uh, a lot of my training. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I couldn't really do a lot because of my injury. Uh, so I ended up missing my, my the uh, senior bowl. You know, I missed about probably like half to three-fourths of actually training for the combine. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of what I've been doing, you know, the past few months is a lot of rehab, uh, you know, some training, but mo- mostly rehab to try to get healthy uh, to, you know, when the time comes, come pro day, and then on because, you know, we have private workouts and things like that, I'll be able to uh, perform. Yeah, there's a, a lot of middle-aged dudes that are going to listen to this that are, are pretty jealous that you can go broad jump 12 feet and run a 4.39, missing most of your training. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I I mean, I, I, I was texting with uh, with somebody before the combine. They said, if Emmanuel's healthy, he can hit the four twos. I mean, were, were you 100% at the combine, or, or do you have even, even a little bit more in you than what you were able to do in Indy? No, actually, I, I wasn't 100%. You know, it's actually a crazy story. When I first got down there, they had told me I wasn't cleared to do anything. 
Oh wow! And I was like, and you know that that was a shock to me. I was like, dude, I've I've trained my whole life to you know be here to you know perform in these few days that we get. And I was like, there's no way that I'm not doing this. So I actually I talked to the you know head the uh, head medical guy, and I was like, please you know clear me for at least the jumps and then the uh, running. And you know it definitely hurt. You know I'm still not fully healthy to this day. Um, but you know it's one of the things is that you know I I just found a way to get it done. And, uh, you know, one of my arguments was actually that I could probably break the record uh, for the broad jump. And, you know, they probably, you know, didn't believe me, but I ended up hitting, you know, an 11-9, and that was the wide receiver record for the broad jump and ran a 4-3 and then jumped a, you know, 43-5 in the in the vert. And so, you know, it I think really, you know, the whole situation all played, you know, kind of to my favor. Uh, but now, you know, it's still, you know, try, try to get as healthy as possible because uh, at the end of the day, to, you know, to to really play football, you got to be healthy. So, what is that like? I mean, like you said, you've you've kind of pointed to this your whole life. You've had goals of being an NFL player for a long time. So, what is that like when you get on that line in Indianapolis and go, "Hey, man, the next four point four seconds or so could could go a <laughs> long way toward determining what happens." Man, before the forty, I was like, "I'm running for my life." You know, this is. <laughs> You know, this is one time, and, you know, for me, I, I was in a unique situation because I think, you know, a lot of the people didn't really know, you know, how athletic I really was. And when I was in meetings and things like that leading up to the combine, I was telling these teams, I was like, look, I'm about to run a 4-3, I'm about to jump this, this, and that. And, you know, I think in the back of their minds, they're like, no way, he's actually about to do this. And, uh, you know, to come out there and, you know, even hurt and still, you know, put up those numbers, it really does leave a question mark, you know, in my mind, like what really could I have done if I, you know, had a full, you know, two months to train uh, and if I was healthy. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, you know, my my path has been a lot different than a lot of other people. You know, I didn't get to go to the Senior Bowl like I wanted to. You know, I didn't get to play a full, healthy senior season. But at the end of the day, you know, we all have a different route to the NFL. And uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, my, my route and my path is going to be, you know, a very unique story. And uh, I'm just excited to see from this point on, you know, where where I end up. What has the, the conversation or your interaction with teams been since Indianapolis? I mean, have you have you seen a lot of teams? Did you open a lot of eyes down there? Have you heard from a lot more people than, than maybe you were beforehand? Uh, for sure. You know, I've, I've probably heard from about, like, a total of probably like 20 teams. Um, and, you know, there's, you know the, the, there's a ton that really, really like me. You know, one thing about it is, you know, before the draft, there's so many different things that go on. Like Antonio Brown going to the Raiders. You know, the Raiders were really big on me. I don't know if, if that will, you know, hurt my chance to go to the Raiders or not. But there's just a lot of, you know, trades and different things that go on before the draft uh, that, that, that just change, you know, things. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where, where I end up. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, wherever I end up, I think it's going to be – you know, a, a really fun thing, a great thing, and, you know, I'm trying to win a championship. So Pro Day is, is next Thursday. Will you uh, will you go ahead and go through everything there, or are, are you going to say, hey, man, I, I already did this at the combine and the numbers were pretty good? <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's one that I talked to my agent because, you know, I'm still not fully healthy. Um, I'm not going to do everything there. There's no reason to. Um, as far as testing, I probably won't do any testing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as routes, you know, that's one thing that, that – teams want to see is that I run routes and you know one thing that I've heard a lot in meetings is can you run routes and you know I think it's just funny because you know I can run routes I don't know what receiver can't run routes <laughs> right you know, we've been playing this this game since you know we were 
you know, eight, eight, ten years old. Um, but, you know, one thing about it is my league characteristic is taking the top off the defense. So, you know, Derek Dooley caught a lot of, you know, deep passes. You know, when you have a quarterback that can throw 80 yards off his back foot, you know, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's kind of what, what our game plan was last year. But, um, you know, on pro day, I do want to show them that I can run routes. You know, my hands are solid and things like that. And I think that's really all, all, all that's left that I have to show them. Um, and, you know, honestly, most of this is stuff that you can see on film anyways. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's uh, from, from this point on, it's mostly focused on, you know, getting healthy, you know, getting in and having meetings, like formal meetings with these teams, and then just seeing how, you know, trades end up, and then you end up getting, you know, drafted. So, so how big an advantage, again, we're talking to Emmanuel Hall, how big an advantage for guys like you, Terry Beckner, Therese Hall, all these other guys that are, are maybe trying to turn some heads. I mean, I've got to imagine you know what the quarterback position means in the NFL. You're going to have 32 yeah. teams at Missouri's Pro Day next week. I mean, right. how nice is that? Dude, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, we have so many guys that, that can really play, and some guys I don't even talk about as much that can really, really play. And I think we'll, at the end of the day, make a team. You know, that has six guys go to the combine alone, you know, and, and those six guys aren't the only six guys that can play pro. I mean, we have guys that haven't left yet. You know, there's, you know, Missouri is, is a really, really, really talented school, especially the group that they have right now. And so, you know, last year it was kind of disappointing that we didn't actually, you know, have necessarily the year that we, we wanted to because we knew that we had a bunch of NFL guys. We have a, good, a, a bunch of guys that not only could play in the NFL, but will probably play for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know that's that's one special thing. I mean, that is very rare that you have this many or this much talent on, on one team at one time. Um, and actually, you know, I'm really curious to see what they do with it come next year because you know they still got guys like you know Jalen Knox, Cam Scott. You know, you have uh, Kelly Bryant. You know, you have a bunch of guys that 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 are in that program right now that could really do something special and do something that has never been done. And so. I'm excited about, you know, everything. I'm, I'm excited not, not only for me but to see where, you know, my, my teammates go, especially Drew. Now, I personally would love to be on a team with Drew. Yeah, um, I was going to ask, do you guys have, like, a, a group text uh, about kind of, hey, I'm hearing from these guys, what's going on? And, and also, are you lobbying NFL teams? Hey, man, you've seen what I can do catching the ball from this guy. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I think that's one thing that a lot of teams are talking about. There's, like, you know, if the connection is there, why, why would we break that apart? And I, honestly, I don't know how many times it's happened that, you know, a college quarterback and this wide receiver both went to the same team. But I think that that'd be a really cool thing. I mean, it's something that's probably hasn't been done that, that many times before. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, like, I know the answer is, hey, whoever picks me, I'm happy. But the drafts in Nashville, <laughs> did you grow up a Titans fan? Uh, I actually didn't grow up a Titans fan. I grew up a Patriots fan just because they threw the ball so much. Hey, come uh, on, now were you like a Yankees <laughs> fan too? And <laughs> no, actually, I've never kept up with baseball. Man, I've, I've always been basketball, football, yeah. and, and track. And so, um, you know, I definitely, you know, I, I went to some of the Titans Titans game. You know, there, there was like an early two thousands when they were, you know, really really good. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, right right now I've been you know keeping up. I mean, now I don't think that I'm really a fan of any pro team uh, just because at the end of the day, like that's the, the stage I'm, I'm right. on now. I can't really be a fan of a team, but um, you know, I, I definitely would love to play for my hometown. You yeah. know, the Titans, it's a, it's a really cool place. You know, Marcus Mariota can throw it. I think that's one of his very underrated characteristics that that dude can run, but he can very much throw the ball. 
Um, and so I would be super excited to get drafted by the uh, Titans. Yeah, if that happens, just uh, tell him just throw the passes to the receivers because as a Chiefs fan, I don't like when he throws passes to himself and scores in the, in the playoffs. So. You're funny, man. So who's you talked about some of the guys on campus? Who's the guy that that hey maybe maybe we aren't talking about that that hey this this is the next guy to really watch in this program and and just I'll, I'll limit you to receivers because those are the guys that that you're with every day. Uh, yeah, I, I would say out of the wideouts, definitely Jalen not. Jalen Knotts, who, in my opinion, if he continues on the path that he's on, he'll, he'll be a pro, he'll play for a long time. Um, you know, one thing about Jalen I think is a lot different than, you know, most freshmen that came in is that he was so mature early on. And not only did he have the talent, but when you have the maturity, you know, that, that takes you a lot further, a lot faster than a lot of people. And so that's, I think, really why, you know, he came in and, you know, he was willing to learn from me and, and, and Nate Brown, you know, which were the seniors of the room. Um, you know, he was willing to learn from the coaches. He, he took criticism real well. And then just, of course, having, you know, the natural talent to actually play. You know, those those are some elite characteristics that will take him, you know, a very, very far away. And so I think this upcoming year, you know, he could have a really, really big year. And honestly, I think he's a guy that could leave in three years. Um, but, wow. you know, that, that just takes, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, luck with opportunity and also, you know, just continuing on, you know, with hard work and just continuing on what he's doing. And uh, honestly, you know, I think, you know, not, not only just for the NFL, but you, y'all should really look into him this upcoming season because he probably will have a really big year. All right, just a couple more because I know you're busy. But uh, you, I got to ask you, I know you're, you've kind of removed uh, a little bit these last few months, but when, when the stuff comes out about Missouri can't play in a bowl game and stuff, how would you find out and, and what did you think? You know, it was really crazy because she was actually my tutor too I, I just never really talked to her that much you know me I, I just never liked helping tutors I thought it was right. kind of like belittling to be honest so uh you know it's just luckily I didn't get caught up in that but you know one thing I can say is that you know it's unfortunate that you know we already had guys you know get punishments for that and you know Missouri was complying with NCA and then you know it comes back to to, to hurt them and I know, you know, the guys there had nothing to do with that. You know, a lot of coaches didn't even have anything to do with that. But, you know, they're the ones that are paying the price for it. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just one of the things that, you know, I hope that they end up working. And I'll, I just know that, you know, they have the potential to be one of the top-tier teams this upcoming year. And so to get that postseason ban, you know, it definitely hurts the morale of the team. You know, it's like when you have nothing to really play for um, it, it's, it's kind of hard to go out there and win every single game. But I think that they're a team that could win every single game. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, tough to see. And I just know how much work that, you know, the guys really put into it, you know, waking up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. every single day for most of the year, and then to go out and not even have the opportunity to, you know, be able to play in, in a championship or a, a bowl game, you know, or anything, you know, it's, it's tough. See, I love it when you guys are gone and you can't get in trouble for what you say to the media because Kendall Blanton went up to the combine and said she was my tutor and I failed the class she tutored me in. So that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, she she was definitely um, she was a character for sure. She yeah, definitely. You know, from my time of being there, uh, you know, she definitely was a person that was looking for something. Yeah, you know, and I think she finally got that something. So. All right, so last thing for you, are you? Uh, I I get the feeling that most of you guys that are that are going through this process are are guys that maybe aren't necessarily from Missouri, but fully bought in. I mean, are you going to be one of these guys that comes back on a bye week and, uh, and and comes to games and sticks around the program? 
For sure, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Missouri is a school that made me there. The reason that I'm, you know, in the position that I'm in without the coaches, without the support, you know, of the city, there's no way that I could be doing what I'm, I'm doing. And so, you know, one of my things is, you know, giving back. You know, you, you, you definitely have to give back to the community. And I'll definitely just go back just to, you know, support the guys that I played with, especially within these next three years. You know, like I said, there's a bunch of really, you know, young talent like Jalen, like Cam, like, a bunch of guys, and, you know, I just loved being around them. I was, you know, a, a leader of, of our wide receiver room, and those are guys that I would support, you know, forever. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, in these next few years, we'll, we'll definitely come back when I get a time. I don't know when that time will be, um, but I'll always be around. Yeah, I hope, you're, uh, hope your weekends are busy for a few years, and uh, yeah. hope, hope maybe you get to catch a few more passes from Drew as long as it's not in Oakland, Denver, or, uh, or the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be great. All right, have a good one, Emmanuel. Really appreciate All it, man. Right. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Emmanuel Hall, Missouri wide receiver, former Missouri wide receiver, NFL guy, no doubt. Uh, I think he really helped himself, and that's pretty interesting that that a lot of teams might might be looking at him and Drew Locke. So, uh, had some had some communication issues. Emmanuel's on a flight. These guys, man, they're all over the country preparing for the draft. But uh, that is April twenty fifth through twenty seventh in uh, in Nashville. Next Thursday, pro day for Missouri. So we will be there. We'll talk to Emmanuel Hall, Drew Locke, everybody else. Uh, we'll have that. Mitchell Forty down in Nashville covering the SEC tournament now just a couple hours away from tip-off Mizzou and Auburn. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.